on episode 83 of the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast with Josh Albert. I was just like so hungry and I it wasn't a sigh of relief at all. Like I was just, I wanted to just kill everyone and dominate. And so we can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time that I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Christmas time is here, and the biggest present of all, wrestling changed my life. It's back, baby. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Thank you all for tuning in. My guest today is the great Josh Alber, four-time Illinois State champion, undefeated, and then he wrestled at UNI, was a four-time national qualifier and a Midlands champion. Salt of the earth, great dude, great conversation. I hope you all enjoy it. Fan of the week time, and this one goes to Jim Onspach, the father of Aaron Onspach, who is a PSU alum, but more importantly, a Wrestling Changed My Life podcast alum. Jim, thank you so much for tuning in. Your son is a stud, and we appreciate you listening. Last but not least, this episode is brought to you by the Wrestling Changed My Life store. Please go to store.wrestlingchangedmylife.com to see the merch, as the cool kids are calling it. The merch, the gear, the threads. Item of the week is the Hawkeye hoodie. It's that Iowa black and gold colors with the Wrestling Changed My Life logo. We also have team colors for Oklahoma State and Illinois. More to come. And I know all you you and I Panther fans out in Cedar Falls are saying, where's the purple and gold? It's coming, baby. It'll be there soon. Now, let's get to this episode with the mayor of Dakota, Josh Alber. Peace! Josh Alber, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Good, dude. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Always love for the Illinois boys. Yeah, it's, uh, there's definitely a sense of pride amongst Illinois guys, for sure. Man, the IKWF, all of that good stuff, man. So, mm-hmm. man, I first heard the Albert name uh, through your cousin, who was a, a stud wrestler, and then you come up through the ranks. Man, how'd you get involved with the sport? Uh, so, it actually probably starts, like, in, like, probably the, I think it would be, like, the late 70s. So, my dad grew up on a farm a dairy farm and they were out like milking cows like 4 30 in the morning and then they would have to milk cows at seven at night or whatever and the only way he could get out of like when he got into high school the only way he could get out of work was if he played a sport so he just picked wrestling so it's just kind of like and then so then my dad was the oldest he had three brothers and uh once he started wrestling they kind of all took to it and then so eventually my dad and then two of his brothers ended up being state champs in high school and then they just like fell in love with it so Wow. And then, 
uh, yeah, my uncle Pete. So the, my cousin that you were talking about, Vinny, that he was a state champ. But uh, yeah, it just like it just runs in the family now, and you don't really have an option if you're uh, like if you're a boy in the Elber family, and you don't wrestle. Like you're kind of the black sheep. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, did um, did your dad wrestle at Dakota? Yep they we they all wrestle Dakota. Like, don't leave. Man, that's yeah. uh, that's some yeah. tradition there. So you must know everybody in town then. Oh yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's not. I mean, Dakota. It's a little farm community, so you know everyone in your class. You know all your neighbors. You know. It's right. it's pretty small. So when did you first like have any memory of asking to get involved with wrestling, or one day you just kind of showed up and you started going? Oh, uh, like I I didn't ask. Like my dad was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was day one. I think I there's honestly my mom is like she's like a crazy bookkeeper, so she has like a bunch of pictures and like all my matches ever. And I think there's a picture of me with like a diaper under my singlet <laughs> at like a beginner's tournament. So like. I don't even remember like my first matches because I was so young. Dude, it's crazy yeah. you say that about how it's not an option. I, I kind of feel the same way about if I ever have kids. Like once they get to an elite level, they can choose to wrestle if they don't want to. But kind of from like yeah. kindergarten through middle school or high school, that's like basic training, man. That's that's a requirement. Probably all the way through high school. Yeah, and it, but it's not like you know like he was like forcing me. Right. It's just like that was just like it wasn't really an option. It was just a part of like growing up. So. Yeah, it's such a big difference, man. We've seen the worst of it in IKWF with those crazy dads. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely, like, you know, he's a little crazy, but he it was, like, a good balance, you know? Like, he would never, like, swear. Like, you know, you don't swear at, like, a little kid or anything. It was... Right. He usually... He was good at, like, he'd get on me, but he'd keep it fun, too, so it was a great balance. Yeah, that's usually... The dads who have wrestled and achieved some level of success usually are not the worst ones, right? The ones oh, yeah. that, that I saw... Man, I had a, a a dad come up to me one time at a club and say, "I want you to hit my kid today." I go, "Sir, you're out of your freaking mind. Get out of here." Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> it's sad. It, it honestly is. But yeah, like you like if you look at like these D1 head coaches, their kids, it seems like most of them don't really start like really getting focused on wrestling until high school. Right. And like like you look at like Nelson Brand's projection, like I remember he he came to Dvorak. I think he was probably like a freshman or sophomore, and they're like, "This is Terry Branskin." I was like, "He sucks. <laughs> like he's bad. Like I don't even know if he plays." And then you know, look at him now. He's he's awesome. So awesome. Yeah, it's such a great point, man. I was talking to, you know, I, I mean, I'm talking to wrestling guys all the time about it, but it's just something that goes in my mind a lot. And you know, when you think about your trajectory, when was the first time? you got like serious about when were you where were you at in the IKWF circuit in, like fifth sixth grade is that when you were starting to get real into it uh I don't remember I, was, I would say I was probably like eight or nine but I my dad always like brings it up he's like I remember the first time you know like before I get pinned I'd be like smiling he's like I remember the first time you were crying after you lost and it was like the best day of his life because he knew like <laughs> he was like so happy I was crying like I was you know I was pissed that I lost so I I bet I was like eight when that happened, and okay. then after that, like every, I didn't want to lose anymore, you know. So I really like started practice hard and listen to him. And what was your uh, IKWF resume? It's one thing I could not find online. <laughs> um, I I always had like like I said, once that kind of switch flipped, and I start crying after I lost. I had pretty good success as a kid. Uh, like I always, you know, like Bantam State, Junior State, all through there, I was always winning my age level state, and then. Um, in fifth grade was my first year IK, and I got to the finals and I wrestled Cameron Kennedy, Jimmy Ooh. Kennedy's little brother. And like, if you know the Kennedy family, like those guys, man, when they're kids, like you're not beating them. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're Dude. just so far, 
They're like I've heard guys like I heard I was listening to Mike Thorne's podcast about how good uh, Jimmy was. Yeah. Like as a kid, that's how Cameron was too. So he he beat me up pretty good in the finals. So I got second. Um, the next year I got sixth, and then my seventh grade year, and I remember this like this one still hurts a little bit. Like as sad as it is, like IK, but I was wrestling Isaiah White, who wrestles at Nebraska now. A Harvey Twister. I've heard you talk about the dude, Twisters, man. You know I love the Twisters. <laughs> oh, wait, I love them, dude. I love them too. That's that's an awesome club. And Isaiah White's dad is Isaiah and his dad are awesome guys. But uh, I was in the semis with him, and he beat me in like triple overtime or something with like five seconds left. And then dude. so then yeah, he went on to win it like I think five times. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, so I got third that year, and then the next year I, I won it. So in eighth grade. Dude, that matchup must have been so hyped. Uh, your seventh grade year in the semis. Uh, dude, I don't know if it was or not. I was hyped. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, yeah, I've battled with Isaiah back in the day quite a bit, and he usually got the better of me. And yeah. I had him on the rope, so I was like, oh, I got him this time. And, you know, the big one, and he freaking dude. five seconds left, like, reverse me or something. I tell people, and now that I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I've, I've seen the results, I do concede that Ohio and PA are better than Illinois. But man, I'm hard pressed if IKWF is not the best in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the like organization of it too. Uh, like Gene Lee, Mike Irwin, uh, yeah. Dennis Laughlin, those guys do a great job. Like, like the bracket boards. Like, I don't know, if, you know, out of staters haven't seen the IK bracket boards, but they're cooler than like NCAA bracket boards. Did it be close like, to yours? Like, Where's yours at? No, I gave it to my parents. So oh, it's okay. at their house. Okay, but, okay. Like it's the frame is like handcraft. Like it's. Like, these little 62-pounders can't even lift it up. It's so heavy. The calligraphy you on know? them? I always thought that was the best yeah. part. Unbelievable. Dude, it's, yeah, so these kids go into that thing, and like that's like they're, like, you want that bracket mm-hmm. board bad. Damn, so you, uh, okay, so you won your eighth grade year. And then, dude, like, so like going into high school, <clears throat> did you, I mean, you're a super competitive guy, so I'm sure you wanted to win four. Did mm. you think you could win as a freshman in high school? Like, no question about it. Yeah, like that was. If I didn't win four titles, I would I would have looked at it as a failure. Like I just because I just knew the level. Like, you know, there's there's good guys in one A, but the difference I think you know the talent level is really not too much different in like one A, two A, and three. It's just how much time guys put in in the off season. You know, there's more dedication in the two A and three A. I would say. Yeah. And and I was training like a three A guy. Like you know, I quit football in my freshman year, and it was all like 100% wrestling all the time. So right. I just knew the time I was putting in, there was like no excuse for me not to win four titles, you know. And were you training at places like Overtime or Izzy Style as well? Yeah, so I started going to Overtime probably like freshman year, I would say. And yeah, that was a big difference for me too because like growing up, my dad, we had a wrestling room at our house and mm-hmm. my dad was did a really good job. Like, you know, fifth, sixth grade, if we'd go to a tournament, I'd lose. My dad would like go to that kid and be like, "Hey, you need to come to our room and practice." Like he always loved when we got beat because he'd go find guys to come in <laughs> and practice. So I like I was always wrestling with guys that were beating me in the practice room, you know. And my dad like it was like, if you talk like you know Dylan Chase because you coached yeah. him a little bit, right? Yeah. So like we had Dylan Chase come up. You'll have to ask him about our room, man. It was like it was high intensity for little kids. Dude, so that was like growing up. And then once I got to freshman, we still trained at my house, and you know crazy dads and the whole the whole thing but uh we start going to overtime and that's kind of where i'd say technically i really started to advance yeah um because just those guys are like d1 level coaches, coaches you know so was Bormay yeah. the coach at the time uh well he was at naperville i went to the crystal lake facility okay. but uh 
I got to be around Donnie Reynolds, Ed Geezy, who's Ed Geezy's like one of the winniest Minnesota wrestlers of all time or something yeah. in college. He's he's phenomenal. Terry um, really good. John Cading. Um, and then they would bring like they would always bring in like guest clinicians and stuff. So, dude, it's funny you say that about John Cading. I was just doing a countdown on Twitter of like, in my opinion, the top five Illinois guys ever based on college mm-hmm. results, and all of them were two-time D1 finalists. Dude, people forget about John Cading, four-time All-American, two-time finalist, national champ, got beat by Full Heart in overtime. Like, that dude, guy's a yeah, stud. Oh my, and he didn't even. I don't think he started wrestling until he was like a freshman in high school either, which is even like crazier. But he's he was the great coach too. I'll tell you what, the amount of California kids who don't start until they're freshmen in high school. I mean, everyone I talked to out there, I was just talking to Jamil Kelly this week, freshman. Anthony Robles, Arizona, I know, but yeah. freshman. I mean, it's just freaking crazy. What the hell yeah, is Yeah, I think, I think Nation too, maybe, was a freshman when he started. Is that right? Yeah. Wow, man, that's wild. Yeah. So you so you went to overtime, um, and then, like, when you were back at Dakota, though, like, who were you working out with to get you good goes? Yeah, so, like, we actually had a really good, uh, so, like, the culture of Dakota is like, you know, multi-sport athletes. It's like we're, we're pretty good for 1A in, in all sports. You know, we were winning football and volleyball and wrestling all at the same time. But um, there wasn't like a guy that we didn't even think about going D1 because there wasn't – that just like wasn't a thing for any sport at Dakota. Right. Um, but just the way my dad – like my dad poured so much time into us as kids. Um, so it was me, Carver James, who went on to wrestle at Illinois. He was a starter last year for them guys. And uh, I think he actually started two years for our Illinois. Oh, wow. And then J.J. Wolf, who went on to wrestle at Eastern Michigan before they cut their program. Um, so I had – there's three of us that went D1. Um, Damn, I so didn't know I, that. Yeah, so even back in Dakota, like – and we went to overtime together and everything. We were always together. But, yeah, I had great partners everywhere I went. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so yeah. just let people know who, who don't know, how big is Dakota and how big are the class sizes at this school? Uh, I graduated with 68 in my class, I think. Like, seventh grade through seniors, I think there's 250 kids. I mean, so this is small-town yeah. America, just salt of yeah. the earth. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool now because I think that I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, me, Carver, and JJ going D1 and, you know, having, like, national success a little bit, it's kind of paving the way. Like, now you can see kids that, like, it's not, like, you know, that I can't remember which podcast you're on, but they were talking about just, like, when that, that first guy breaks through. Then it's like 10 or 20 other guys. So I'm kind of hoping that starts happening for us, you know? Absolutely, man. And so once you got to high school, you won your freshman year. Was that, would you say, more of a sigh of relief or just excited to keep going? Like, where were you at kind of freshman year coming off of you? I was just, like, so hungry, and I it wasn't a sigh of relief at all. Like, I was just – I wanted to just kill everyone and dominate. And so it was just – I was just having fun. Like, Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And my freshman year, I actually, I bumped up for a duel. I bumped up against uh, Stillman Valley. It's a little school, but I bumped up to 112, and I weighed like 100 pounds. Okay. And the kid I was wrestling was coming down from, I'd say like 25, you know, 27, and he was a senior. And uh, we just had like a battle, and I came out on top. So, you know, later on, that like looking back now, like that could have easily ruined my, you know, high school perfect record right there my freshman year. But I, I got through it, and it was just a fun year. So when did you guys start going to Dvorak? All four years? No, my junior year. Your junior year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So this is yep. this is the big bad tournament, the big winter tournament. Um, yep. Back when I was going to Iowa City West would come. I mean, it was it was pretty serious stuff, man. Yeah, um, they're still there. They're were still they? there now. Yeah. Yep. So your junior year going into it, 
was it kind of known that you and Jim is it Jimenez or Jimenez? Uh, I say Jimenez. I Jimenez. Yeah. Were you guys like kind of destined to meet up, or did someone have to come down to make that match happen? No, I think it was pretty much a collision course. We were gonna meet, and uh, you know, we were like just we were. I think we both majored or pinned our way to the final, so it was bound to happen. And uh, like I was kind of walking around with the chip on my shoulder. I think that was probably what motivated me a lot in high school was like being one A, like just people kind of looking down on me because you know I didn't like the level of competition obviously isn't as high as three A, but um, so right. I was walking around like dude. You know, they they think they're just going to walk all over us. And so when I went in, like, I had something to prove a little bit, you know. So you were going in there, just chip on your shoulder, just kind of laser focused because, you know, for the folks who don't know, and there's a lot of people who listen to this who are not from the Midwest. So the Dvorak is in Chicago, or Chicago suburbs, huge 32-team tournament, by far considered the toughest tournament in Illinois for the Christmas break. That's not like, it's not a national tournament, it's more of a regional tournament, but it's really, really tough. And, you know, in Illinois, there's always this disrespect of, you know, 3A, 2A, 1A, and, and that kind of thing. And so you come in, and Jimenez was a four-time state champ in 2A or 3A. Um, what's Marmion now? They're 2A now. Okay. Uh, he, he They they bounce back between 2A and 3A. So he won a couple titles in 3A, a couple titles in 2A. So in that th- like, yeah. when you guys all won four, it was you, Jared Cortez, and Jimenez all won four at the same time. And, and both years at Dvorak that you went, you wrestled one of those guys. And so going cool. into your junior year, you and Jimenez meet in the finals. Kind of set the stage for everyone. Where were you at mentally going into that match? So, that yeah. So by junior year, I had gone through my first two seasons. I was undefeated. Um, so, like, and then this is, like, mid-season. So I'm two and a half years deep, and I haven't been beat yet. And, you know, everyone's like, all right, here it comes. This is, you know, he's going to lose for sure to this guy. And I think the week before they were, at, uh, they were at Ironman and Jimenez did really well. He got like third. I don't know. He beat like Vincenzo Joseph. He beat a bunch of good guys. So, <laughs> like, you know, it, it was kind of like momentum was against me. If like you would have listened to, to everyone else. But in my head, like in our camp, it was like that was we were not only me, but as a team, we were going in there to like prove we were legit you know so yeah that was that was kind of the, the lead up to it how was you, how'd your buddies do at Dvorak that year the guys you just mentioned who wrestled d1 yeah so there's like 32 teams there's ohio team st ed's was there like it was it, that and that was when i think st ed's was like two in the country like they were crazy good they had like heil and heffernan and right. abinator um so it was like our little school against st ed's and we end up i think we got like fifth fourth or fifth like we did really well <sighs> That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. No, we had a great – we had four finalists, two champs, I think. Dude, that's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good little group. but uh. So going, yeah, into, so that, going into that finals match, I mean, you were a guy who just seemed like the ultimate competitor, super, mm-hmm. super intense. I mean, 15 minutes out from this match, what do you think you mentally – are you kind of going through your moves? Or are you kind of a calm mind? Where are you at going into a big match like that? Uh, growing up, like my dad always, like if I was too relaxed for a match, like my dad would come and be like, you need to get like in the zone. So I, that was kind of in high school. My mindset was always like, kill, 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 like super hyper intense, like almost a brand's mentality. I'd say, yep. even though I didn't wrestle with like a super high pace like them, but like I had to kind of, like, I kind of forced myself to hate the guy I was wrestling for a quick second, you know? Okay. So that was, what was that? And did you ever have any like self doubt or any negative thoughts creep in? And, like, what would you do to eradicate those? Oh, dude. 
I for, like I can't remember a time I didn't have like negative thoughts and self doubt before a wrestling match. Like that's just I think that's part of it, you know. But um, it was just like I just I worked really hard, and I think you know that was a big part of like when those doubts start coming. I was like, dude, I've worked so hard, and I put so much time in. Like th- I know this guy isn't outworking me, so it was kind of that was kind of my default to fall back on. Just and kind then, of brainwashing yourself that there's no way someone outworked yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I have big faith, you know, I'm a believer, so I kind of fell back on that, you know, if I'd pray, it would really calm me down and stuff like that, but uh, I didn't do much, like, visual- visualization in high school, but uh, when I got to college, I Mark Schwab, who you've had on here, like, Legend. he's the great, yeah, like, greatest mind in, re- like, wrestling for the mindset, I think, and uh, he, like, just pumped like I learned so much about how to visualize and how to, you know, work with your thoughts and everything else from him. So it's like a whole nother tool, man to have that tool. It's unbelievable, man. It is. So Uh, for sure. What happened in the match with Jimenez when you were a junior, how'd it go? What's the score? It was just a battle. Like it was one, one with like a minute left, but it was like, you know, one of those one, one matches that's high action. And, uh, I get an escape with like, or no, he gets an escape with like a minute left. And, I kind of like stand up, like I kind of like bait him into walking to me, and I hit a super duck. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I like to this day, that's like the only super duck I've ever hit in a match. I don't even know where it came from, but I super duck him, and he just fell like right on his hands. For Dude, two. is that on film? Dude, I can't, I can't find. Like my mom has it, but I can't find it. Like God. I think it might be on YouTube, but it's like a bad, it's like a blurry vi- like version of it. But yeah, it was. The, you know, that gym gets really packed. Oh, yeah. And it, that was a pretty wild moment. Yeah. Place must have went absolutely yeah. insane at that moment. <laughs> I, like, I hit it, and it was, it was just so perfectly timed. And I got on top, and, like, I couldn't believe what just happened. So I can't imagine, <laughs> like, the crowd, you know. So did you ride him out? No, I rode him for, like, 30 seconds. Then he got up with, like, 20 seconds left. And, like, I kind of pride myself on if I have a lead. Like, you know, I don't. I don't really like to lose at the end. You know, I'm pretty good there. So right. I kind of just, you know, hung out. And... and what about in the summer? Did you ever go to Fargo or that that kind of stuff? Yeah. So my freshman year and this freshman year at Fargo is kind of the year that I like was it like validated that I was I knew I was good. You know, yeah. I didn't really know where I was at before that. And I went to Fargo and I got seventh. Um, but mm-hmm. like I beat in the round of 12 there, I beat Meredith. Wow. And like the round before that, I beat Massa. And I had a close match with Gross, who won it. So, like, you know, coming out of that tournament, I was like, man, I'm, I am like right here with these guys, you know? So, yeah. That kind of, that, that was a good motivator for me. It really validated that what I thought, it validated it. And I was like, okay, I am legit, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. I was going to say, who were the guys at the national level back when you were in high school, even outside of Illinois? So, yeah, those guys, and then who else? Mm -hmm. Well, I had a close match with Gross, and it was back then. It was like the pools, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really tight match with him, and then, but then I wrestled McKenna too, and he tacked me. And like every time I wrestled Joey McKenna, he's killed me. Like I don't know what it is, <laughs> other dude. He's just so strong. But uh, so yeah, the bracket was like me, Gross, Andrew Crone, Joey McKenna, um, Bryce Meredith, yeah. Logan Massa. Massa like, was those a stud, all... dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah, those talk... were all... That Crone kid, guys. too. My brother used to coach a kid from Rock Ridge who got second in ISA one year. Mm-hmm. And then they went to Cedar Falls, and my brother was getting them all hyped up. And he didn't know he had to wrestle Crone. 
Dude, he's, he's slick, man. A lot of guys don't know him, but he was he was legit. He was tough. He was from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he went to that Arrowhead High School. It was real tough. Yep. But. And then so, so him and Ezra junior year, you beat him. You win state your junior year. I mean, did mm-hmm. you ever even have a close match in one A state? No, I. My uncle really like. Once our team got really good my junior year, he was like chasing these two A and three A teams to get us matches. So. When it came back to like one of these stuff, I didn't really have much. Like I, I kind of blew everyone out. Did you guys win team state in those days? Yep, yep. So my junior year and senior year, we won it, and then they won it two years after I left too. So they went four in a row. Dude, how fun is it to win a team title? It's it's awesome, you know, because it's just like I don't know. It's different, and then Illinois kind of sucks because in other states they keep track of the individual tally, mm-hmm. you know, at state, and they don't do that in Illinois. It's all dual, so yeah. that's like the one big thing. So. It was fun. And in a tournament setting, you guys would have smashed everybody with the hammers you guys had. Yeah, we, we had just we had a really good team, for sure. And then so your senior year, another collision at Dvorak, this time with Jared Cortez, who I can't think of a more hyped eighth grader coming into Illinois than Jared Cortez. I mean, he transferred in from Ohio, sat out a year, and then like his freshman year at Marmion, I know he went to Glenbar North at the end, but his freshman year at Marmion, you had him... Bryce Brill, um, Greco. I mean, the Marmion team that year was, I've never, I can't remember a team that had more drama and more people talking about it than that team. And then somewhere around there, they kind of split up. And then Cortez goes to Glenbard North. And that kind of fit his style because he was pretty aggressive like that. And so, you know, same kind of thing. You're going into that match at Dvorak, your senior year with Cortez. Did you guys kind of steamroll to get to the finals? Uh, Yeah, I won like 4-2 in the semis, but it was a match I like just controlled really um but the week before i wrestled him and as again before dvorak my oh you senior did year. yeah and i beat him in overtime and it was like the same thing like they're like okay here's where elder's gonna lose you know because i'm still undefeated at this point and i beat him in overtime so now it's just like i just have so much momentum and obviously like no one expect like honestly i don't i don't even know if my mom believed like i was gonna win at dvorak. <laughs> against cortez like i think the only person that truly believed i was gonna win is my grandpa because he just didn't know wrestling and he's like, yo, Josh wins every time. So, but like, yeah, no one believed in me at all because, like, Cortez is phenomenal. Cortez at is at our level. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was, like, beating, like, like really good, like, multiple-time state champs. He was, like, teching them. Yeah. And, like, it was just unbelievable. So. Did he feel different when you got out there? Um. Well, he took me down in, like, the first 30 seconds. So I was like, dang, you know, <laughs> he's pretty slick. He's pretty slick, but. I just, like, and I use it as my advantage throughout my whole career, really, just not panicking. Mm -hmm. You know, matches where I panicked, I, like, it ended not well. So that match, I didn't panic, thank God, and I just kept plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. What was the end of the final score? Uh, So he took me down, like, the first 30 seconds, rode me out. Second period, I got an escape at the very end of the period, so it was 2-1. to And he was really good on top. Like, that's where he was beating everyone. He was turning everyone. So, so he pretty much big. won the first two periods. I mean, almost rode you out the second period. Yeah. So momentum shifted, yeah. though, at the end. Yeah, just the way the match played out, I kept it. Like, I, I wasn't planning on keeping it close like, like that. I wasn't like, I'm going to keep it close to the end. But that's just how it worked out. And we went into the third two to one. He went down, and I tilted him for two. Um, yeah, which, like, who would have thought that's the way I would, you know, win? Um, so then I was up 3-2. He gets an escape, 3-3 at the end of the regulation. Uh, and at the end of regulation, we were both deep in on each other's legs and we got out of bounds. Uh, and then it goes to overtime and I could just feel him like, 
I don't know. It's just this weird sense of like, I was all of a sudden I just went into like super aggression and he, I could feel him kind of fading a little bit and yeah. I got him to the edge. I hit a little pass by that I always do. And he came out of it and I just dropped to both ankles. And he fell on his butt and that was it. Let's go. Take down. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I read that you kind of leading up to that match, you were anxious, maybe a week out, but then the day before you kind of felt the calm. What do you think that was about? I, to this day, like that's one of the, like, you know, I think really high level athletes probably have had those matches or those like, you know, I've heard of football players that running backs, like where the game like slowed down, mm-hmm. they kind of say. And like that match was like that for me is just that day when I woke up, I was just completely at peace. Like I was ready to go lose. And I think that's what what it was. Like I didn't, I was just like I'm going out there to fight, and if I lose, I lose. It's not a big deal. So right. I like it wasn't like I was accepting a loss, you know. But I I was like, whatever happens, I can handle it. Dude, you're and, prepared to die out there, essentially, dude. Because yeah, a loss so, can be a death almost, you know. Right, especially when you know I've made it four years undefeated. Like it would have been, it would have hurt for sure, you know. But I was I was ready for it. Like I was like, you know what? I don't care about like people talking about my stupid record. Like. I want to beat the best guy in the country, and I think this is the best guy. So that's where my mindset was, and it really calmed me down. Dude. And at that point in your senior year, had you already committed to UNI? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, did. I think I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So you know, one of the things I picked up so far is that your confidence came from preparation. So what was a day in the life like for you back in like your December of your senior year? Um, We, like my uncle, who's the head coach of Dakota, like, I mean, he's kind of notorious for having really hard practices. So we worked really hard in the room, but like we just, we didn't know what we were doing. Like I didn't really work out in the mornings. I didn't lift or run or anything. Like it was just, we just wrestled really hard every day, like yeah. live every day. And that was all we did. So you and like, you know, Saturdays and Sundays we'd be wrestling live in an, at my dad's house or my parents' house, you know, in our wrestling room. So you didn't like, feel we the just, need we to just wrestled hard all stuff. the time. I like it wasn't yeah I just didn't even think about it it wasn't like I was like I don't need to lift or run it was just we didn't we're like we're wrestling so we need to be really good at wrestling we need to wrestle all the time so I love that that's what it was yeah and so after your uh before we get to college I wanted to ask did a lot of guys recruit you because you were 1a I mean you were a freaking stud so what was that process like yeah uh honestly I felt slighted in the whole recruitment because like I just it was like I I've always had this little chip on my shoulder where like I just don't feel like I was getting recognized like I should um but like Northwestern was really after me uh Periano was the coach there and I like those guys they were good guys um and then Minnesota was probably the other big one mm-hmm. Brandon Brandon Agam was recruiting me J-Rob was still there at the time but I talked to Brandon most uh and I think those guys are phenomenal too so it's just when Doug and Mark Schwab came to my house, like 10 minutes in, I already knew I was going to commit. Just like if you've ever talked to the Schwabs, they just have a level of intensity and loyalty. And yeah, it just felt right with my heart. And I was like, that's where I'm going. It so. seems like that small town feel too at the big stage, though. Yeah, that's what's kind of cool. You know, I grew up in a small town, and then you and I is like the small town of D1 wrestling. So, right. It was, it was just a great fit. So, even someone like you who had one of the best high school careers ever in Illinois, which think about that for a second. Think about all the guys that went through there. One of the best ever of all time is you. Did you go through that transition to college though? Or was it pretty seamless? <laughs> it's definitely not seamless. I remember, <laughs> I remember the first time I went out there, uh, my dad took me out. I think it was like the summer of my senior year. I don't remember for sure the timeline, but 
you know, I was like riding high, like I was winning a lot of stuff and I was ranked like one or two in the country. I was like, Oh, let's go. And I go out and my very first practice at UNI, my dad's watching and Dylan Peters, who's two time all American at like the strongest human being on the planet. And, uh, I don't know if the listeners have watched Dylan Peters, but he does a cow catcher type move like, uh, that should not work at the D one level on four times eight champ caliber guys, but he's pinned like he pinned Tomasello. He pinned like Ryan Taylor. He's pinned. So, I think he's like top 10 pins of all time in D one wrestling or something. Dude, let me step and, in for a second. A kid I used to coach Tony DeFreeze. Sorry, sorry to throw you under the bus, Tony. His, he was in the state finals in Iowa for assumption. Peter's pinned him in that dude. Now that you say yeah. that unbelievable strength from that kid. Yeah. It's like incredible. And it's like the whole practice, like I couldn't go 30 seconds without being on my back. Seriously? Yeah, like it was, I, it was an eye opener for sure. And we get in the car and my dad's like, dude, are you in, like, is this second grade again? Like what the hell? And I'm like, like dad, you don't understand this. This kid is so strong. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't seamless. Like it took me a while to be able to just hang physically with those guys. Did you and, score? Uh, Let's go back to that workout though with Peters. Did you score on him? Well, it actually wasn't just Peters. It was a group of three. And it was me, Dylan Peters, and Joe Cologne. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, I think I scored on Joe a few times, but I it took me a while to score on Dylan. Dude, your dad's probably yeah. like, what the heck? I mean, he, but it must not have been that big of a surprise for him because everyone goes through that transition. I mean, and those are three, two other studs, but. No, it was because, like, we didn't, like I said, we didn't, like, really know the D1 level at all. Like, he didn't wrestle in college. No one we knew wrestled in college. So, like, we expected to not really be that far off. Wow. And so we, he was like, I don't know what he was thinking, but I could tell he was like, dude, he was rattled. My son, yeah. He's like, why am I sending my kid out here? Like if he's going to get pinned or something like <laughs> Dang dude. So, so yeah. then you actually get there and then, you know, do you redshirt your freshman year? Yep. yep. Okay. What was that? I always wonder what's the redshirt year like when you come from that small town feel where, you know, your duels are probably sold out at Dakota mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, not sold out, but packed house. You're kind of the star in town. And then your freshman year, you're redshirting. You're going to these opens. There's no fans there. You're not in the dual environment. What Did you ever go through any type of kind of peaks and valleys that year, or were you just focused on getting better? Yeah, I had a pretty good redshirt year. I don't remember what my record was, but it was yeah. like a decent record. Um, but it was hard not just not being like the star. You know, they were focused on the starters, which they should Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really hard. Like, yeah, I, I wanted to be the guy in the lights, you know, all the time. So that was really, it was hard to like say, I wouldn't say motivated cause I was always preparing for the next season, but it was hard to kind of stay like as excited, I guess you'd yeah. say. But was the cut and, to 33 pretty hard for you? Like, cause I know you went up to 141. Was that kind of a challenge throughout your career to get down to 33? Yeah. That was the other adjustment I had to make. Like I didn't ever cut high, uh, weight in high school. So I had to start cutting weight and that was like. It was tough, dude. Like you never cut food. weight in high school? Not really, no. Not not the way I did in college. No. Like like ten pounds in high school or not even that? Uh, maybe once or twice ten pounds in high school. What was yeah. it in college? I was cut like in the summers. I was I'm just not like I didn't know how to stay disciplined in the summer and like keep I had a lot of fat, you know, like baby fat. And I just that was part of it too. Like I just didn't mature into like a man's type body till honestly my junior year in college so I just had a lot of fat and it was hard and I would get up to like 150 153 in the summers you know and I'm a 33 pounder so yeah it was like 
man, it was hard. It was really hard. I remember you uh, saying in an interview that <clears throat> someone's like, yeah, it's cool. You get to travel around the country. And you're like, yeah, but I really just see the inside of saunas at YMCA's <laughs> and gymnasiums. <laughs> yeah, it was like, and like other, it would piss me off because like I wasn't as efficient as other guys. So they'd come into workouts like five or six over and they'd work out for like 45 minutes and be on. And I'd be like two pounds over and I'd work out for an hour and a half and I'd be right on. <laughs> and so like everyone like we'd get to into town somewhere we were about to wrestle and they'd go like to out to like subway or something and i'd have to go work out for two hours at friggin the ymca brutal dude yeah it was talk about uh coach schwab for a little bit uh doug schwab i mean that guy obviously seems like one of the great motivators of college wrestling what what did he what kind of impact did he have on you what do you take away from him as you're getting into coaching now yeah, so, you know, I've been listening to your podcast here the last two days, like, nonstop, and there have been so many, like, great guys, like, guys that talk about how great their coaching was, and I really don't feel that anyone has had better coaching than me growing up. Like, you know, with overtime with my dad, I've just been so blessed. And then to go to college and wrestle for D- Doug Schwab, like, I just believe, like, I can't even, I wish I could express to, like, kids that are getting recruited, like, you guys need to go check out you and I and Doug Schwab because he's like he's a great motivator he knows when to get on you he knows when to be your friend he knows like he's just been there done it all olympian you know he's like as intense as they come but at the same time he can be like you know real gentle on you and he's just a great a great at the end of the day the best thing about him he's a great man yeah absolutely man it seems that way and he's i gotta get him on because he just seems like a, a guy who can just talk wrestling for hours yeah and like i've heard guys back in the gable era that wrestled for gable and they're like you know, when he talked to you, you're like locked in. And what he said was like gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is with guys that you and I with Doug. Like, you know, at the end of practice, when, or at the beginning of practice, when he's talking, you're not like tying your shoes or anything because you're just so lasered in on what he's saying. Because everything that comes out of his mouth is like meaningful and like you take it to heart, you know. So right. what he said, like I trusted 100%. And I was like, I didn't commit to you and I. I committed to Doug Schwab, honestly. Like wherever he was going to go, I was going to go. And like he just he just demands it's not like he like tell, demands it verbally respect but just the way he carries himself like you respect him and you listen to every word he says right no he seems like yeah. that kind of cat what about lee roper was he there your whole time uh i think he came so he wasn't there my redshirt year it was uh tolly thompson and mark schwab were there yeah and those guys are awesome too i love you know like it's crazy the guys have gotten to be around like tolly thompson world medalist multiple times mark schwab like I could go on about Mark all day. Dude. Um, but then they left, so then Roper came in uh, my freshman year, yeah. I really yeah. like that guy. I didn't know him at all until I started doing the podcast, but I, he's one of my favorite people that I've met mm-hmm. throughout this process. He's he's like kind of kind of like a sage about wrestling. He just loves wrestling more than anyone I've ever met, I think. Yeah, he's definitely a student of the sport. But like his like technically he's a legger and scrambler. And so, like, I didn't really gravitate to him, like, coaching-wise. Okay. Because just our styles didn't match. Uh, but Randy Pugh was, like, my, especially my last two years, Doug and Randy were, like, my go-to. Like, you know, when we do individuals, it was, like, Randy or Doug. Gotcha. But, yeah, like, Rover's a great coach, just our styles weren't at all similar. And so, so. you say the individuals, it was that kind of your, your thing at UNI? You'd have the team practice in the afternoon mm-hmm. and then a morning workout to kind of get everyone, like, get your, whatever you were working on straightened out? Yeah, at least once a week we do individuals, and I think those individuals probably help me the most technically, because they just you get so much one-on-one time, you know, and they really build your confidence too. Just oh yeah, because you start hitting things that you have never hit before, and 
figuring you know watch film and then go figure out what you're doing wrong and so yeah i think individuals are a big thing for for anyone to get better oh yeah i mean it seems like it's just so much more efficient than trying to do it in a team setting because mm-hmm. you know, I've never been to a D1 college practice. So like what, what do you do for the hour? I mean, I can, I have an idea, but what is the hour and a half like at UNI? Are you doing technique at the beginning or is it drilling going right into hired wrestling? It just depends on the day. Like if we were going to wrestle on the weekend, Monday was almost always just like a really long, hard scrap. We wouldn't drill much. We just, mm-hmm. we just scrap. And then Tuesday was usually like a intense drill. Wednesday we were, usually be off in the afternoon so we'd do our individuals wednesday either in the morning or in the afternoon thursday would be short intense live goes and then friday was like whatever you needed to get your weight off right kind of it was like a typical week and I, i've heard you say that the college season it kind of took you by surprise that it really is a grind i mean did you ever have any points where you were feeling real low and almost not not that you ever thought about quitting but i mean what what kind of brought you there? Was it just the, the weight cutting and the, the relentless workouts? I mean, what, what kind of brought you to, to say that? It was like the weight cut mixed with not having the success I'd had in high school. Like, even though I was having like, you know, relatively good seasons, like I just, I hate losing so much and it like just burned really bad to lose. So when you're cutting weight and you're losing it, like it just really works on you, you know? So that was, that was what really kind of, grinded you down but i learned my last few years how to kind of have a short memory if i lost and Mm -hmm. you know that's that was big like early in my career like i could not like if i lost it like would work on me for two weeks three weeks and it would bleed into the next match you know (laughs) yeah it's just i mean someone like you i mean the fact you don't have to cut wait until college is pretty crazy to me you had just such an unbelievable run up until that point. So, I mean, you were going through the same struggles as everybody. And let's not forget, you won 100 matches at the D1 level, which is unbelievable. And one of the things I was most fascinated by was you did it all with um, with a girlfriend and a fiancé, which I don't think a lot of people, you could say that. I mean, did that uh, was that something that probably added to your training, having someone so close to you throughout that whole yeah. time? Yeah, yeah, like the old school train of thought was like, oh, they're a distraction. But yeah. she was like, my, my wife's awesome. She has always just kept me right where I needed to be, you know, help me to stay focused and to stay, you know, my head in it. So, yeah, yeah, it was, she was more of a help than anything, but I think yeah. I can, yeah. Terry Brands said that same thing, that documentary, Terry, uh, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. And that's why I started thinking about it like that. And I just saw that with you. So I, I wanted to ask, um, as we, as we kind of wind things down here, I know that, you know, I've heard you say a number of times that your college career didn't go the way you wanted, but take us to Sunday after nationals, your senior year, you know, was it hard to step away from the, I mean, obviously it was hard, but like you had to feel disappointed, but at the same time, incredibly accomplished over what you did. Like where were you at mentally the day after nationals? Yeah. So I was four time qualifier and like my, my freshman year, I came out and I wrestled a great match first round. I beat Gary Wayne Harding from Oklahoma Mm -hmm. state. And if you like, you guys are followers of kids wrestling. Gary Wayne was like the man when we were kids. That's just a little side note. But uh, and then I lost to Corey Clark in like a tight match the next round. So I was, you know, I was feeling pretty good where I was at. And then Mason Beckman put a beating on me. But you know, after my freshman year at NCAs, I was not like satisfied. But I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna work my way back, mm-hmm. just the way I did when I was, you know, coming out of my freshman year in high school. I started, you know, like top twenty guy. And then by the end, I was one or two. So I was like. You know what? It's going to take some time, but I'm going to work my way to the top. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Um, and then sophomore year, I had a pretty good year. 
uh, I went like three and two at nationals and I was like right there to all American. So I was like, okay, you know, yep. I'm getting there, I'm getting somewhere. And then junior year I come in, I, th- I think I was the nine seed and that's where like things went haywire for me. Uh, but you jumped up on weight that year though, right? Yeah. I went 41 and I felt great. Like I, I've always think, uh, I've never really felt like I've been horse, like just over horsepowered. Like I always feel really strong. And so the, the weight jump was a good thing, but, uh, first round, like I said, I was the nine seed and I was looking at the bracket and then I was going to have Nick Lee second round who I had a close match with earlier in the season. And then I was going to have Meredith in the quarters who I had in high school, I beat, I was two and oh against him, yeah. even though, you know, in college, our trajectories are different. So I was like really confident. I was like, man, I'm going like, I can easily make it like a deep run here. Yeah. And I totally overlooked my first round match. And it was a guy, um, Sedarian Perry from Eastern Michigan. Oh yeah. And I was the one that sparked his, uh, like miracle run there. Yeah. So <sighs> I had him first round. I was the nine. He was unseated. Like he, I think his record was 15 and 15 and he just, like I went into the match way too relaxed and he took me down twice first period and it was me trying to chase him the rest of the match and I couldn't come back. So that had I was to be like, a tough moment. Yeah. And then Nick Lee lost first round too. He got pinned. So it was the eight and nine seeds, me and Nick Lee first round wrestle back then. And like he, obviously he did a better job of getting himself back to where he needed to be to compete. And I was like, I couldn't, you know, I'm not making excuses. This is what champions do. And I wasn't a champion in that moment. I couldn't get my mind back to make a run through the backside. You know, I was like too devastated and I didn't, I was a shell of myself in that first round wrestle back. So, Oh man, that's a tough yeah. one. I didn't realize so, it went down like that. Yep. So my junior year ended like that and that lets a bitter, bitter taste in my mouth. And I just totally recommitted myself to training, doing things different. And all summer, like I, I said, I'm going to run one, at least one mile every day for like I didn't set a time it was like at least one mile every day and I went 80 days straight and most days I would run like four miles Damn. for like that whole summer leading up into my senior year and I just got like that was the first time I've ever been like super lean and like I was lifting hard I just physically I was so so best I've ever been physically what would you think so, about when you were doing those runs just like this is my last shot like I would think about how in my eyes I've been like a letdown you know, I, I was like, when I came in, I thought I was gonna be a four-time All-American, two-time national champ at least. And I'm like, I haven't All-American yet. I went 0-2 last year. Like, I'm a, like, in my head, like, it's just like, you're pathetic, you know? So it was like, really driving me. And it, But it was hard too, you know? It probably wasn't like a healthy mindset. Um, so then going into, like, my senior year, I had a great, great year. I, I came into nationals as the four seed and uh i'd beat ironman i'd beat demas i'd beat chad red did you beat demas that guy's freaking crazy explosive dude i know dude like i if if nationals would have been in december it would have been a different (laughs) because like i I went on like a 20 match win streak i'd be and in in that 20 matches i beat ironman red demas ian parker like i don't want to be the guy named like you know i beat these guys but like it yeah it was like it was a great run you know so going into nationals i was the four seed but like the year before I, I start like all season I had great mental climate, you know, and then going to the nationals, like, it was just like, I got so overwhelmed and so like nervous that the same thing was going to happen to me in that first round. Cause I had a kid from army, Corey shy. He's like a pinner. And I was so nervous that, you know, I was going to get beat like upset. Yeah. 
and it just really worked on me. I ended up winning the first round match. Like I majored him, but did you we feel a sense of relief though after that, or were you I still? I felt a lot of yeah, yeah. I felt a lot of relief because I was so nervous going that match. But it took like that anxiety took so much out of me. I, we went back to the hotel and I had like a migraine for like three hours. Like your mind is so powerful, people don't realize that that stress like it caused my whole body to just be like off. And again, I'm not making excuses. Like yeah. this is you know champions fight through that thing, and I didn't fight through it. But so then next round I have Shoop from Lockhaven and I come out, take him down easy. Like, and the year before I teched him. So I was like, I wasn't overconfident, but I was like, okay, you know, I know where I'm at. I come out, take him down easy. Things are going well. And then he reverses me and tilts me like three times. So I'm down 10, two at the end of the first second period. He picks top rides me out again. So it's 10, two going in the third. And I did my best comeback effort. I think it ended up like 19 to 11 or something. But did you tech him the year before, and he got he made yeah. that kind of I mean that tilts tilts on top. I mean I remember I do remember reading about that kid. He's he was tough on top. Um, yeah. Well, he was like the tech fall leader Le- last season, but yeah. And then so, what happened to the like, wrestle back? Dude, same thing. Like I was just like I could not get back up. Like as much as I hate to admit it, like I just I couldn't get back up to yeah. go. And uh, it was a forgettable match. I don't even want to talk about it. But yeah. Yeah. So then after. After nationals, it was like I had this like all growing up. I always accomplished my goals pretty much for the most part, and I didn't accomplish my goal at all. I went, spent five years and I felt empty-handed, honestly. Mm-hmm. As good a career as I had during the season, like you know, all I cared about was nationals, really. But so I've been like I'm still battling every day. Like if I have any kind of idle time, like my mind slips back to a lot of those matches I lost. But it's been a battle to feel good about my career. Did you go through a, a phase of like I don't want to say depression, but really like kind of like a dark cloud after it, or was it? I mean, like did it happen that day? I mean, or were you, you know, were, was your family and friends able to pull you out of it? Because I mean, no matter what, I mean, I don't think looking back ten years from now, you may disagree with me, but I don't think you're having the All America would make that much difference in your career. Uh, you could probably tell me it would, but like how did how did you kind of get back up after that? Because a lot of most people in wrestling did not win four state titles. Most did not achieve what they want. Only a very few did. So maybe the guys who are listening who are in high school now or who are in college who are still battling, like what did you use to kind of bring yourself back up out of that after that Nationals your senior year? Yeah, I kind of just fell back on like the man I had become throughout the process. You know? right. And like getting to wrestle for Doug, it meant so much to me. And just the man that he made me into. So I was like, you know, all the things he taught me were like, you know, you don't stay down if you're a champion. You don't stay down even if you don't accomplish your goals. You get back up. So, like, that was a big thought for me. And obviously my family helped a lot. But it's like, dude, it's I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's still here and there. Like, I start thinking about my matches and I just, like, I get pissed. Like, <laughs> I start I start sweating because I'm like, man. Because, I, like, I beat so many of these guys that were All-Americans and National Champions. And I am, like, like I said, I feel empty-handed. But Yeah. But then the other thing that. You know, I got to know the Stickley family my senior year. Okay. And, you know, I've used that a lot for just, like, perspective. Perspective. You know, when I start going totally. back to, like, that depressed state or, like, thinking, like, oh, like, kind of feeling bad for myself, it's like, dude, there's so much more to life than than what happened in your wrestling career. And you still have, you're still blessed to be around all the people you got to be around and the places you got to go. I got to wrestle at Madison Square Garden and right. Gallagher Iba, you know, so it's like you know, I use I use the Stickley story a lot to change my perspective and change my attitude. 
Dude, it's like if your mom and dad are alive and you live in the United States, you're among the 1% of the luckiest people in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, man. Like, I, what do I, I have literally nothing to complain about. So, right. I'm just blessed to have got all the experiences I got. How did you get to meet uh, Eli Stickley? What was that connection? So, my sophomore year, we wrestled and I was coming on a, I was like on a pretty good streak and he was a freshman at the time and I didn't like, it was a duel at Madison, and I I lived like an hour from Madison, so I had like 50 people in the crowd. Yeah. And I come out and I would beat him. I was up five two at the end of the first, like smoking him. He gets on top and rides me for the whole period. Third period, he picks top again, rides me, and I got hit for stalling like four times. So it's tied up. Andy has riding, so we go to overtime. I get a little overzealous and he takes me down. And I remember like being devastated at the time that I lost that match because I was like ranked. It was a big upset kind of at the time. And uh, and your fans are there, like, dude. That yeah, had to dude, be a salty uh, one. I have a I have a big family. Like, fifty people were there, so it was like heartbreaking. Um, and to get road, nothing worse than seeing yeah. someone you love get road, dude. Uh, was, yeah, there's a picture of me with like my headgear over my eyes, and I'm on my like stomach, and I just look <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> I got it just goes in my mind. But then I just talked to him at weigh-ins here and there. But then you know the whole story with him passing away. Uh, like I could just tell he was a great kid, you know. So yeah. Uh, at Midlands, I like wrote my headgear, you know, like in memory of Eli Sickley and stuff. And I gave it to Marinelli after the tournament. Just like it wasn't like a big deal to me. Like I didn't think anything of it. And then um, Eli's parents got a hold of me, and like you know, they it, it meant a lot to them. So yeah, I've gotten to know like the Stickley family, you know, decent now. And uh, I was actually texting Todd, his dad, last night, and I told him I was gonna be on here. So. Um, but yeah, he's just been, like that story has been a big help for me, changing my perspective and changing my attitude. Yeah, that documentary is incredible, man. Um, did you watch that? Yeah, yep. It's yeah, unbelievable. It cool. No, they did a great job. And I think I just love how you kind of put it, use that to put things into perspective. Because again, I think most people do not achieve what they want in wrestling. I would say the far majority don't. Even someone like, like Jake Herbert, he was on and he's like, I'm a failure in wrestling. It's like, yeah. What? I mean, th- there's so, so there's so many levels to that, and you know, a lot of people are gonna say that. Um, and I'm like, someone even like Terry Brand says that. So it's like, there's you know, anyone can say that, but I think the lessons you learn from it obviously is what makes wrestling so great. And now that you're coaching, you, know, you can pass those down to other kids. So like, if you look back on the lessons you learn from the sport, or like what what you take with you throughout your day, how how would you say wrestling's changed your life or impacted you? <laughs> My dog. <laughs> uh. So I think there's like three different like aspects of it. There's the the mental side that everyone talks about, how it makes you like mentally tougher and you persevere and you can get beat down and stand back up. You know, that's obvious a big part of my life now, how much, you know, I've failed and I have to get back on the horse Mm -hmm. and it's just made me a lot tougher. And then there's like the practical side too, that people kind of don't think about like, I've gained so much confidence. Like I can like protect myself and like, I just, know my body and things like my wife makes fun of me because we'll be in like an elevator and like a, a big like linebacker type dude will walk in and she'll like notice me like eyeing him up and he'll get off and she'll be like dude you cannot take him <laughs> i'm like like i have like this delusional sense of confidence from wrestling like i like i can take him like, you probably could take him though unless he's wrestling i was saying unless someone's a better wrestler than me like i feel real good you know <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like i have this weird confidence like and it's i don't that might be i don't know if if any other wrestlers feel that, let me know on like Twitter or something. If you like, you're constantly sizing guys up. Like this dude doesn't. He didn't like start a fight with me or anything. But like the first thing I think is like, you know, 
can I take him down? Like, what do I got to do? If this dude, if we get in a fight, what do I got to do to beat this guy? Right. But right. so there's like that aspect that wrestling's helped me. And then like, I love food too. So it's kept me healthy. I would probably be really fat if I wasn't a wrestler. <laughs> and now I'm probably like 12 or 15% body fat right now. And I feel like disgusting. What were so you think like, at the peak there at UNI your senior year? I was like perfect, like seven, you know, like not too low, like just right where I needed to be like good muscle. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and my buddies like joke with me. They're like, when they see me now from you and I, they're like, man, we kind of expected you to be fat by now. And I'm like, no, man, it's not happening. Like I'm not getting fat, but. Well, dude, it's funny you say that about the baby fat. It's good. I never, I never thought that watching your high school match. So I'll have to go back and see if yeah. I can spot any, any baby well, fat. Well, dude, but that's, that's the thing though. Like fat to a wrestler is like, <laughs> so <laughs> like, you're not going to think I was fat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But there's that. And then the other thing that changed my life through wrestling is just getting to be around all the men I've gotten to be around. Yeah. You know, all those guys I mentioned, Doug Schwab, Mark Schwab, Randy Pugh, Lee Roper, John Cading, uh, Carrie Bowman, Ed Giese, my dad, my mom, who I wish I could have got to talk about more on here. She's a tough lady and a hard worker. Just all the people that wrestling has let me be around. And yeah, I'm just like, man, it's I would not be the man I am without it. So, yeah, the people you're with is definitely to me the big thing i mean you go to a tournament yeah. hang around a bunch of wrestlers and then you get back to your day job the next day and it's like man it, it, you kind of feel like you're just not around the same level of human being you know these guys no, are so yeah. tough yeah well i like i remember wrestling like me and max thompson became friends at you and i but we were mm -hmm. like rivals before but yeah like talk about tough and i, I miss that because we'd get in like fights like every time we went live like almost a lot of times the coaches would have to like break us up because i'd be throwing punches at him in the room oh yeah dude like there's multiple times if you talk to Lee Roper, he he'll know. Like he had to come over and be like, "You guys need to get your act together," because like we we're just so competitive with each other, and that's something I miss now that I'm not in the room. You know, like I don't get this like Outlet. where I get to fight. Pe yeah, I don't get to like fight people. If you fight people now, you go to jail. Do you ever think you about jujitsu? So, not really, just because the where I'm at now, it's I'm back out in the sticks, and it's not really like there's not a lot of opportunities. But yeah. I definitely miss, like, that scrappy part of wrestling where, you, like, I was always the guy that loved, like, a hard hand fight and loved to fight guys. and yep. So I miss that a lot. And I, I miss getting to wrestle Max if he's listening, man. <laughs> I, I miss getting to throw punches at you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I'll ask is where can people find you online, man, if they want to follow uh, you on Twitter or Instagram? Yeah, so I got a, I got a Twitter. I kind of low-key. I don't have an Instagram or anything, but, yeah, Twitter. What's what's your handle? Uh, I think it's Joshua Elber 141 Okay. Not sure. Yeah, right. On, I like man. Twitter. I like Twitter. I like to use it. You know, I I, I kind of like to, if I can, use it to like motivate people or, you know, encourage people. So yeah, it'd be good. I think I'd be a decent follow. Absolutely, give him a follow. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. link to it in the show notes. And man, I just want to thank you again for your time. Appreciate chatting with you on this Friday morning. My we'll dog's going crazy. Soon, really. Yeah, no, uh, Ryan, you're doing a great job. I know I've talked to a lot of people that love your podcast. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Like you're. It's it's awesome, and I really enjoyed being on, so thank you for having me. Absolutely, my friend. Yeah. Take care. Have a great day. All right. Yep, see you. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.